Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're going to start our journey into Matthew chapter 6, but we're going to continue our journey in the Sermon on the Mount series because the words of Jesus in this address to the crowd spans chapters 5 through 7. We begin a new topic as we enter chapter 6, how to and how not to give. Now, giving out of your abundance to those in need is a good thing. But your motive can be hypocritical, and that's the warning here. When you think about it, there are lots of things we can do that are good things, but when they're done with the wrong motivations, such as being noticed by men and obtaining reputation credits, we forego the real blessing of doing a good thing. Is that confusing? Well, Pastor Jim is sure to clear up any mess that I've caused this week, but I think the bottom line is this. In doing good deeds, it is better to have the blessing of God than the esteem of men. And if our motive is the esteem of men, we forego the blessing of God. Here's today's slice of the sermon entitled, Leave the Trumpet at Home. Uh, In the early church, how did they do fundraising? They didn't do fundraising. They preached the word of God. When there was a need, they shared the need. And the people of God responded. And and Paul wasn't shy about sharing the need of the poor in Jerusalem. And he asked the the Gentiles to give to the Jewish brethren. And he he took that offering with him to Jerusalem. Wound up getting arrested. Wound up being in prison for a few years. Wound up in Rome. But that's that's how they raised money. They didn't raise money. They just told God's truth. Called on His people prayed, and waited on the response. So there's the general principle. There's how not to give. And then verse 3, when it comes to giving to the poor, how to, how to, how to give. Matthew chapter 6, verse 3. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Now, that's a proverbial statement. Frankly, my left hand's kind of stupid, and it doesn't care what my right hand does. Sometimes I think that's a description of a physiological problem that I have, that my left hand doesn't know what my right hand is doing. But what he's saying is, this describes something that is inconspicuous. It's not done for a show. At the temple treasury in Jesus' day, you've heard me describe this, there was that series of receptacles into which people could put their offerings, and you would designate which offering it was by which receptacle you put it into. And um, there was one for giving to the poor, giving alms. Uh, That was the place where Jesus sat and observed people putting in their gifts, and He made the comment about the large sums that rich people put in, and that widow who He said was more generous than the wealthy because... She gave all she had, Mark chapter 12. We're going to come back to that in uh, a few minutes too. So imagine a couple of hypocrites walking along. Maybe, uh, well, let's 
Let's modernize it. We don't have too many Jewish temples that you and I can visit these days. So let's suppose um, they're walking out of the grocery store where the Salvation Army volunteer is um, ringing the bell and standing next to the kettle. And one of them says, Bill, I want to help the poor today. Uh, can you break a $100 bill so I can give 50 Call attention to yourself. The silent trumpet blares out across the whole parking lot. People notice who it is, and they're going to go home. That guy that gave the 50 is going to go home with his full eternal reward in hand. Then along comes a quiet man who just shuffles along with the crowd these days, six feet behind the person in front of him, six feet ahead of the person next to him. And he just kind of slides over and slips something into the kettle. Nobody sees it. Nobody hears it. He doesn't say anything. And the guy walking to his left doesn't even see what's going on. That's what it means. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That man goes home blessed with a secret that is known only to him and to his heavenly father. And he's going to be willing, joyfully, happily waiting to repay him for his generosity. For a Christian, giving should be private between you and the Lord. Announcing it, drawing attention to it, so that others will be impressed, that's just nothing other than hypocrisy. The most satisfying giving is done and then, if you will, forgotten. You give it to the Lord, you entrust it to Him, it's for His glory, and you walk away. There aren't strings attached. You just joyfully give as unto the Lord. Now, I want to add a balancing comment, lest there be room left for a misunderstanding. This passage does not mean that all good works must be done in absolute secrecy. That's not the point. True righteousness cannot be kept completely secret. I mean, if you feed somebody, they know you fed them. If you help somebody, they know you, you help them. Um, we should not pretend that, it's the, that the motive is secrecy either. Jesus said this earlier in this very same sermon, Matthew 5, 16. Let your light shine before men... In other words, people are going to see you live your life out in the open. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So do it in a manner and with an attitude that points to God, not to you and how wonderful you are. The question is not whether or not our good works should ever be seen by anybody else. It's the motive. When the motive is that they be seen and we be praised, then we've spoiled the whole thing. When the glory and the credit is focused on God and not on you, God is pleased. So, back in chapter 5, verse 16, you might notice it comes after the verses before it. I went to seminary. I can, I can tell these things, okay? 
And before that, Jesus had talked about being persecuted for the sake of righteousness. And what do you do? Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your your Father in heaven. And they might prefer to dispatch you to be with your Father in heaven as well. So verse 16 is to deal with our cowardice. It exhorts us to stand up for righteousness in a sin-ridden society, to do everything we can for the glory of God. When we get here to chapter 6, this is dealing with the sin of hypocrisy, and it exhorts us to be motivated by eternal rewards and the glory of God, not for fleeting accolades. One old commentator put it this way. There's another pithy one like the quote from Augustine. He said, We are to show when tempted to hide, and hide when tempted to show. That balances 516 and all of chapter 6. So you've seen the general principle. You've seen how not to give. You've seen how to give. Now, uh, why to give? Verse 4, continuing the sentence from verse 3. So that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will repay you. The theme is here, and we're going to hear it again and again in this chapter, just like we heard it over and over in chapter 5. God deals with the heart. He rewards good deeds that flow from pure hearts. External actions, even if they're good things in and of themselves, they are hypocritical rubbish as far as eternal rewards are concerned if they don't come from a heart that is transformed by God, a heart that yearns for God to get the glory. There's no greater satisfaction, I don't think there's any greater earthly joy, than knowing you have pleased God, and therefore, you've put yourself in a position for Him to live up to who He is, and He'll bless you. Do it so that your giving will be in secret and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Let me give you a couple of parallel passages that expand on that and then we'll be done. Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. You give, let God bless you. 2 Corinthians 9.6, this is in the context of the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth about that offering, that almsgiving that he was collecting from them to take back to Jerusalem. And he says this, Now I say to you, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully shall also reap bountifully. Listen, you can't plant six kernels of corn and then harvest a bushel. You, you, you reap according to what you sow. Now, let me make a couple comments about this kind of unhypocritical generosity that God blesses. Um, just a quick few points to wrap this up. Number one, giving is investing with God. 
Trust the investment to Him. And then enjoy the dividends. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.